أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله فضل الله تعالى that we reach this 29th uh, night of Ramadan it's an odd night it may be Laylatul Qadr so don't uh, slow down and take your victory lap yet Inshallah, walillahi utaqa'u fi Ramadan wa dhalika kullu layla that there are some people, Allah frees them from the fire in Ramadan and that's every night. Even if the Laylatul Qadr, if it's tonight, then double, don't slack and if it's not, there's still there's still some khair to be had in this night, inshallah. So don't don't start your pre-Jandarat parties just yet. Uh, um, Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Uh, and a, a number of, I guess, procedural notes. One is that don't ask your imams and your mashaykh, is it going to be Eid on, the, uh, on, on Tuesday or Wednesday? When they see the, when they see the moon, they'll, they'll let you know. And part of it is, part of it is just following the procedure. It's just, it's just following the procedure and waiting, uh, not for Islam to happen on your schedule, but to make your schedule conform to the deen. And there's a lot of khayr in that. There's a lot of blessing in that. And the, the, oftentimes the, the desire to, uh, you know, the desire for, to know these things is not necessarily because a person doesn't respect the sharia, but it's because they're tense in order to do the good deeds uh, that Allah Ta'ala has commanded them to do. And because it's a burden, it's a responsibility, a person wants to discharge them and plan for them as best as they can. But uh, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala in many places in the Qur'an even tells Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, don't don't try to don't try to rush the process. You know it'll happen. It'll happen in its time, and uh, having to have sabr for that is itself part of it's itself part of the deen, and it, it's a, it burns. It's a t- itself a type of mujahada, but it's also there's barakah in it. Uh, and there's a saying amongst the Arabs that man istajal al awan uqiba bil hirman uh, that the person who uh, uh, who tries to make things happen before it's their right time, um, the punishment for that is that they'll they'll be deprived of the thing that they want. So don't don't you know, don't uh, uh, don't 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 try to rush things. Inshallah, just be, wait, be patient. You know, you can re- hit refresh on your on your uh, uh, whatever uh, your Twitter or your. Um, you know your your web browser or whatever on Chicago Hillal's page, uh, uh, and uh, you know you can you can wait for you can wait for it. It's okay, and even people are like, well you know you know one time they just announced after Tarawih was over. It's like okay you read twenty extra rakahs like you you know it's nobody's house burned down or gonna die or like it's not gonna kill anybody. It's actually good for you, mashallah. It's a nice thing. You read more salat, so uh, don't 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 worry about it and don't follow in the trap either way because. You know, the astronomers are saying it's highly unlikely. Well, if someone actually sees it, what are you going to do? And on the flip side, you know, uh, if somebody didn't see it and, you know, you, you want it to happen really badly, don't, don't try to force it one way or the other. There's khair in both of them. The Sahaba, عنهم, interestingly enough, they used to actually want it to last 30 days. And the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu had, uh, uh, had to tell them that the shahrayi al-idayni la yanqusan. That the the, 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 the the two months of the two Eids, they don't they don't uh, there there's no there's no deficiency in them, meaning that you'll get the prorated thirtieth day worth of Ajr anyway. Mm-hmm. 
so uh, they they would want it not to end uh, for us it's like oh lunch is so nice so you know one way or the other just don't you know just don't freak out just stay calm stay calm it's very difficult some of us are very prone to freaking out i myself am very prone to freaking out uh you just got to stay calm get through it the same thing hajj same thing everything in life you the tarbiyah of your children that every all these things people freak out about and uh you know everything is inshallah going to be just fine and if it's not freaking out it's not going to help so uh, uh inshallah allah ta'ala make it easy for all of us the other uh, procedural points which are a reminder that people already know about from before make sure that you have paid your zakat al-fitr um the uh, maliki school you can pay, pay it up to three days before eid and the zakat al-fitr in the hanafi school you paid even earlier than that and uh the zakat al-fitr is not discharged until it reaches the hand of the of the poor recipient it does it's not discharged by putting it in a mustard box and it's not discharged by, uh, 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 you know, by, by, you know, just the transactional element of it doesn't discharge, discharge it. It's discharged when it is reached in the hands of the poor recipient, the person who is a faqir miskin, who, who is the recipient of it, whether they be in your locality or around the world. So make arrangements. If you haven't done so yet, pay the money already. And the optimum time for it to be paid is in the, on the morning of Eid, after Fajr and before the Eid Salat. Uh, and this is one of the things that in the Muslim world, the beggars usually line the, the route to the, the Salat al-Eid. And we don't have that over here, you know. It's like a gift of Protestantism. They take poor people and they criminalize being poor and they put them in p- stock and pillory and beat them. And, uh, you know, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah ta'ala told him, uh, So that's something different about our society and our, our uh, civilization. So someone ever asks you for money, it's haram to say bad to them or show them a bad face. If you don't want to give them money, you don't have money, or you, you, if you have it and you just don't want to give it to them, for whatever reason, just smile and say, I'm sorry, you know? Or smile and give them a dua, say, Allah ta'ala give you a halal risk or something like that. And if they make a face after that, that's their problem. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the beggars used to line their route to eat and you could give to them. Uh, obviously, we can't, you know, many places we live in, we can't do that anymore. And it's not because poor people are not there and that they don't need it, but uh, we just, you know, made a crime out of their poverty. Uh, so find them and give them the money. Or if someone collects it and distributes it, then give it a couple of days early. Don't just be like, oh, the fuqaha say it's best to give it in the morning, you know. Uh, uh, that morning time is the best time for it to reach their hand. It's not the, you know, if you can't get it to them in that time, then don't, uh, don't delay it until then. And if you, nothing else, if you can't find someone directly to give it to or you don't know someone directly to give it to, then go online, Islamic Relief, or uh, another one of our dependable and trustworthy uh, Muslim organizations. Uh, pay it and pay, uh, you know, uh, 15, 20% extra on top of it, you know, to cover their administrative charges. Uh, don't, don't hound them why you take money off the top. It's because they're doing something. They're actually delivering it for you. And so you don't have to go around, you know, in the hood, in like the middle of the night asking, you know, uh, who's Muslim and how much do they make? And, the, you know, you don't have to do those things, you know, or you don't have to fly over to a place where the, the people who need it are there. So just give a little bit extra as well if, if, if you send it through them. Uh, why? Because that is Tuhrat al-Lisa'imi min al wa rafath It is a purification for the one who fasted in their fast from lahu uh, and rafath from uh, idleness and from indecency in the fast uh, uh, which makes it acceptable to Allah Ta'ala uh, and it makes the Eid the Eid for the poor as well because uh, uh, this is uh, a, a precept 
that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us again and again and he himself will show it in the greatest way uh, on the Day of Judgment through his Shafa'ah, through his intercession that if one of us makes it, we all make it and if one of us is behind then all of us are behind we, we all lose, we all win and we all lose together uh, and so it's Tu'matan lil masakin that that Eid should be Eid for them as well that Eid day should be the poor and rich should all be rich on that day Aghnuhum fi dhalika al-yawm or aghnuhum an dhul al-su'al uh, uh, two narrations of, about the zakat al-fitr that enrich them from, have, from the humiliation of, uh, of having to ask or enrich them on that day uh, and then if you give that zakat al-fitr uh, and then that night you spent it in prayer uh, for the brothers who are in i'tikaf shame on you for listening to a bayan you should go back to uh, reading Quran or making dua or praying but if you are going to listen then listen to this as well that it is a sunnah for whoever's i'tikaf is connected to Eid that they don't leave when the moon is sighted rather they stay in their mu'takaf until the, they pray the Fajr prayer and then from there they go straight to the Salat al-Eid uh, 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 disheveled in i'tikaf mode uh, and this is a badge of honor for you that is greater than the perfume of the perfumed ones and the starched uh, kurtas of the starched kurtas and the ironed suits and ties and pants and uh, you know thousand uh, dollar ouds uh, of uh, pretentious middle class American Muslims because the real oud always ten thousand dollars tola anyway anybody who actually knows anything about oud knows that uh, uh, it's better than all of those things. It's a badge of honor in front of the Lord and those few disheveled and uh, disturbed and sleepy uh, 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 ones who gave up and made, gave up their comfort and made mujahada for the sake of the Lord in these days. When they show up to the Salat al-Eid, uh, it's probably their, uh, their amins that will uh, you know, make the day for all the rest of us. So don't, don't blow that. Be one of those people because the rank of those people is manifestly higher than that of, of the rest who benefit through them. And uh, then you will be, uh, uh, then you will be the manifestation. All of us, them and us as well, all of us, we 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 will be the manifestation of qadaf lahman tazaka, that the person who purified has been successful, meaning they paid their zakat al fitr, and they went from their home, uh, uh, saying the takbir, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, la ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, walillahi alhamd. وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى And then they prayed the Salat al-Eid بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَىٰ Indeed, you prefer the life of this world even though the Akhirah is better and it will last forever. Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. So we read a last excerpt uh, or possibly second to last excerpt from this Hayat al-Qulub فِي رِضَاءِ الْمَحْبُوبِ uh, under the subheading, uh, it is essential to know the etiquette and principles of a position before ascending to it. So we mentioned from before that hubbul riyasa, the love of leadership, is itself a sickness and a disease. Whether it's the love of uh, being imam in the salat or giving the khutbah or president of the masjid or political leadership or uh, any, any other type of leadership, the coveting of it is, is haram. And we know that the actual leader, leadership itself is not haram. Because the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa was the, the, the sovereign ruler and the shaykh of this ummah. And after him Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and after, after him the rest of the Khulafa Rashidun and a number of righteous people assumed uh, all of those facets of leadership, some at once and some in different parts. But the, the haram sin, which is haram like eating pork and drinking alcohol, the sin is to covet the leadership uh, uh, in your heart. And uh, uh, so... The, the person who takes heed will in their heart turn away from it. But, uh, you know, I'm part of the qawm, 
and I'm not absolved from its sicknesses and uh, I know my own sickness and I know the sicknesses of my people. This is not enough. Nobody is going to take the lesson from it. So if you have to still covet being a, a big shot, then, uh, uh, you know, then know uh, these small pieces of advice so that you don't damage yourself as much as you would have otherwise. And who knows, maybe Allah Ta'ala will change something in the hearts and uh, some khair will come to it both for, for, for you and for the people that you lead. Every person wishes to ascend uh, to a certain uh, uh, rank uh, within the deen. That person must acquire first the knowledge and etiquette and principles of that rank. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu said, Tafaqahu qabla an tasawwadu. So that, that learn, uh, try to have understanding of, the, uh, of, of what you're going to do before you, uh, before you take a, a position of leadership. After a person becomes a leader or ascends to a lofty position, uh, shyness will prevent him from studying from anyone. He will thus be deprived of acquiring knowledge. Uh, and this is true. It's difficult once you're in, in control. If you say something and any Tom, Dick or Harry will come up to you and correct you in front of everybody, it becomes a fitna then. Because if you are not humble, then it's, it should be obvious to everyone why you're a jerk and you're going to drag yourself into the hellfire because you're now being obstinate in what's wrong. But it's difficult still because even if you want to accept the correction from somebody, the way political leadership works or the way leadership works is that when you're uh, uh, the aura of invincibility that you have in front of the people that you're leading is compromised, then they're, they're also they become lethargic in listening to you afterward if they know that you're a person who's going to make mistakes again and again. Uh, and uh, a person who's really perceptive will see if they see if a leader makes, you know, like accepts or admits a mistake, even uh, though it costs him like some political position. A perceptive person will actually know that this person is doing it because of their honesty. The problem is people are as perceptive as a sack of doorknobs, uh, most of them. And you need th that most of them to follow you in order for your, your leadership to be tenable. Uh, those few, uh, mashallah, uh, gems and uh, rubies and diamonds and uh, emeralds uh, of people that are like perceptive enough to know uh, who's honest and who's not, uh, uh, you know, uh, they don't vote, uh, you know, in as many numbers as the people who elected Trump are voting. So that's just, you know, so you have to learn beforehand because if you're going to learn on the job, uh, you're going to harm other people through your stupidity and your status itself will uh, become a fitna. It will prevent you from following the haq. Uh, uh, subhanallah, what a valuable piece of advice given, to, given by Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu We ought to embed it in our hearts It is related that he saw a person buying and selling So he asked him, did you learn the rules and regulations of buying uh, uh, and selling? The person said no Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu said to him First go learn the rules and regulations Then come to our marketplace uh, uh, and this is, this is obviously, you know, this is a mansib And it's not like being imam or giving khutbah This is just like being a normal person, you know Learn the etiquettes of being a normal person Unfortunately, people don't do that So people will be like, you know, on the you know, 27th night of Ramadan 29th night of Ramadan Shaykh, is it true if I marry someone that I have to do this Or my husband has to do that Or my wife has to do this And, you know, people have been married, like, you know uh, uh, for years, and they're asking these questions. Sheikh, is it true that you know, you know, uh, whatever this type of credit card transaction is haram or not? And they ask after the fact. We covered this in the first majalis where we uh, went through the uh, went through the muhtasar of akhdari. That's haram to do anything before you know the hukam of it. 
Uh, uh, so this doesn't, uh, you know, when we say leadership, I'm not just saying like if you're Amir al-Mu'minin, you should go take Shaykh al-Hind at Dar al-Qasim. I'm saying you should take Shaykh al-Hind at Dar al-Qasim. You want to be a normal person. If you want to be Amir al-Mu'minin, you probably, you know, you probably need to cut the Netflix out and, and, and learn a couple of things before you before you uh, aspire to that. Or even have in your idea the heart that you're going to be able to help anyone without knowing that knowledge. It says it applies to all departments of life, uh, including education and training. Uh, uh, establishing a bond with a sheikh uh, 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 Calling people to Allah And reminding the Muslims about their deen The etiquette and rules of all of these Have to be learned first in order to carry them out correctly Sayyidina Hisham radiallahu anhu Rahimahullah ta'ala Said my father Urwa rahimahullah Used to assemble the people and say to them So Hisham bin, Hisham bin Urwa is, is one of the Great narrators of hadith Urwa is Urwa ibn Zubair He's one of the fuqaha sabaa of Medina. He's the younger brother of Abdullah bin Zubair, but he was born after Rasulullah passed for this world. So his elder brother was a Sahabi, and he's not a Sahabi. Uh, and Hisham bin Urwa narrates from his father, what's the speciality of his father? His father uh, is uh, a nephew of Sayyidah Aisha, right? Because Sayyidah Aisha, her sister was Asma bint Abi Bakr radiallahu anha was married to Zubair bin Awam. So Urwa is her nephew, therefore her mahram. So he, she taught him deen herself, and she taught him the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam herself. And uh, you know, uh, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha is one of the four, uh, 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 one of the four uh, hadith narrators that narrate in a a, a, uh, a hadith in a volume uh, that is disproportionately large compared to the other hadith narrators because she had such a long life after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and she saw him from so close and she saw those things about his life that other people didn't see and Hisham is one of the one of the main narrators from her this is one of the reasons that you know this whole thing about the age of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha at the time she married the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam she was seven and when the marriage was consummated she was nine now this is something people freak out about and I agree it's culturally it's not it's not normal where we we live uh, but a couple of things. One, it was culturally normal in that time, and nobody seemed to have complained about it. Uh, and uh, uh, Sayyidah Aisha lived a long time after the Prophet ﷺ, and she used to dissent with the opinions of, uh, of Sayyidina Umar and with her own father too, after the Prophet ﷺ left this world. Uh, so she had every chance to complain about it, and she never uttered even a tangential complaint. Uh, uh, Sayyidina Umar, she would, she would, she would uh, 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 dissent with his opinion, and he would, he would not have the jur'ah to say anything to her. Uh, and that's Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's a fact. And even the mushrikeen of Quraysh never said anything. They objected a lot about a lot of things the Prophet sallallahu did. But this was something they never objected. Like they objected about his, his uh, marriage to uh, Zainab bint Jahsh after, uh, after Zayd bin Haritha, his adopted son, had uh, uh, divorced her. Uh, but the Messenger of Allah sallallahu married her uh, at the command of Allah ta'ala. Uh, uh, through the nas of the Quran and, and not by his own doing, and uh, uh, they they really they really objected to it. They said, "Look, he's marrying his daughter. He's, he's, he's marrying his daughter-in-law. He's marrying his daughter-in-law." And Allah says, "It's not his daughter-in-law. Zaid was not his son. He was uh, uh, he was a, a a a boy that he raised, uh, but he wasn't his biological son." So they objected to that, but nobody ever objected to say the Aisha radiAllahu anha. And the reason this is something to bring up. Because a lot of people say, oh, look, there's so many different opinions. I'll pick the one that makes me happy. And they, you know, this is like a methodology for, for many people in their fiqh as well, which is not a, rationally, it's not a very robust methodology, although it is very convenient or seemingly convenient at times. The problem is what? Guess who narrates the, the hadith about the age of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha the, at the time of her marriage and consummation? 
Well, she narrates it. Guess who narrates it? Narrates it from her. Uh, yeah, Urwa, and Hisham narrates it, narrates it from his father in Bukhari. So basically, if if he doesn't understand the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, nobody does. So it's actually just a, a ta'an in the entire science of hadith. Uh, and Jazakumullah uh, khairan, we don't need you know people to come afterward and tell us you know that whether our aslaf uh, knew what the Prophet did or said. Uh, they, they knew, alhamdulillah, just fine. It's us that we're, we're concerned with. So at any rate, Hisham bin Urwa, rahimahullah ta'ala, said, My father, Urwa ibn Zubayr, rahimahullah, he used to assemble us and say, Oh, my children, acquire knowledge because while you may be juniors today, there will be a time when you will be appointed as seniors and leaders. He says, Oh, my children, acquire knowledge because while you may be juniors today, there will be a time when you will be appointed as seniors and leaders. Something similar to this is uh, reported about Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhu as well, that he used to sit and learn, uh, 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 learn from the elders of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And people would be like, why, you know, what's the point? You know, why are you learning all of this stuff? All the, Abu Bakr is still there, Omar is, they're all still there radiallahu anhum. And, and, uh, uh, and that same person will say then, I saw the day when all of them were gone. And then the only one with their knowledge is uh, Abdullah bin Abbas. Anhu. And this is funny. There was, a, there, was a, there was a visitor once came to us from Pakistan. Mulana Tamim, Mufti Abdullah, Mulana Bilal, a number of us, we were all together. And uh, <coughs> he visited from Pakistan to uh, collect some money for his madrasa uh, back home. And so uh, I, you know, we were taking him around. We were, everyone was in town for like an ulama retreat or something like that. And uh, uh, so we were taking him around, and he's like, "Mashallah, uh, you know, you guys are, you guys are, you know, one day you guys will be like the akabir and the senior mashaykh of this, you know, of this country." And then you know, like stupidly, I'll, you know, like I'll speak for myself at any rate. Like, no, Sheikh, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. He's like, "No, no, I, I understand that you're not worthy." He goes, "That's everyone knows that." He goes, "But whether you like it or not, however worthy or unworthy you are, it's still going to happen anyways. You may as well prepare for it." Uh, and and that's the thing is you know this is not I don't think this is takabur you know tomorrow there's an eventuality tomorrow is gonna happen and some of us may not live to see it but you know probably the younger ones will see it tomorrow that the elders won't see so the ones who prepare for that that day not out of wish to put themselves forward but just so that the knowledge and the piety and the practice doesn't and the hal the ma'rifa doesn't get snuffed out before that tomorrow comes that person has hoped, inshallah, that they'll receive some reward for it. Not because they want to push themselves forward, but because they just want to guard that thing uh, for, for the eventuality that, that, statistically speaking, the elders will probably leave before the youngers will. And so the people who are a little bit younger should take from their elders, um, you know, you should do these things. You do your i'tikaf and connect it with the day of Eid. Why? Because if you, you know, when the elders are gone, if you don't do it, then nobody else is going to do it because nobody's going to be impressed with it today. But one day then, you know, the kids are going to look at you like uh, you look at, you know, you look at all the babas nowadays and that day, you know, that's going to be all we have as an ummah, better or worse. Just imagine how humiliated that sheikh and senior will feel despite people revering him when he's asked a question and he cannot give an answer because of his ignorance. Allah, Allah forgive us and give us tawfiq still to benefit from our elders while we're still there. Mulan Amin is here and our, our sheikh Mulan Aziz and our other elders, they're all still here. We can still travel to different parts of the world and see our, our mashaykh and, and, and uh, see the Ahlullah and the awliya. Uh, and we should take from them because the day will come where you know our memories will be the only thing left of them uh, in the world uh, uh, if Allah gives us life till then. 
وكل رياسة الإمام الشافعي رحمه الله تعالى وكل رياسة من غير علم أظل من الجلوس على الكناسة. Every leadership, every leadership that has no knowledge in it has more humiliation in it than sitting in garbage, than sitting in kanasa, than sitting in the Knesset. The same word. <laughs> right. Uh, I find it I find it appropriate uh, to quote an important subject, which was pre- presented by Sheikh Muslih al Ummah, the Sheikh of the 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 author. Uh, he says, now that I've grown so old and realize there's no time to acquire anything, I've come to realize the thing, the thing that prevents man from acquiring excellence in, everything, in anything is his pride. After all, this is what prevents him from humbling himself before an expert. We get experts in every era uh, from whom we can acquire expertise. However, pride prevents people from humbling themselves before such people. Consequently, they will acquire nothing and remain totally ignorant. When a person leaves aside his pride and his haughtiness, he is able to acquire something. The famous uh, saying is that water flows to the low-lying area. It flows from up to down. Imam Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala writes under the chapter Bab al-Hayat fil ilm the chapter regarding shyness in, 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 uh, in knowledge. لا يتعلم العلم مستحين ولا مستكبر وقالت عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها نعم النساء نساء الأنصار نعم النساء وأفوان نساء الأنصار لم يمنعهن الحياء عن يتفقهن في الدين A shy person and a proud person those are two people who will never be able to acquire knowledge the shy person will be blocked by their shyness and the proud person by their arrogance. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha said, How excellent are the women of the Ansar. Their shyness did not prevent them from acquiring understanding of the deen. Uh, meaning that they would ask questions uh, uh, about personal things like, you know, about the menses, like when does it start, when does it end. MashaAllah, you guys are not, you know, like, you know, you, you probably, even if you sat in a fit class, would go in one ear while out the other. Then once you get married, you're like, Sheikh, does the period start at this time at that? Bec- you know? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean? But, but the, the, the ladies, you know, they were, not, they, were, they were not shy, even though those are very personal questions. But they were not shy. Why? Because it's part of the deen to ask those questions. And so the Prophet ﷺ would have Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha uh, uh, answer them for her. And so she, she, she praised them. She said, how wonderful are the, uh, are the women of deen. Their shyness did not uh, prevent them from acquiring knowledge. Uh, uh, this statement of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha is based on uh, absolute wisdom and insight. Uh, it ought to spur uh, uh, women to study deen and acquire understanding of it. Uh, men too, uh, Hamza adds. Women must set aside their customary shyness and modesty and acquire knowledge of deen while preserving their chastity and purity. Uh, 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 the objective of Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala is to show that modesty is undoubtedly a department uh, or a branch of deen and of iman and an excellent quality. Nonetheless, it must not be resorted to in situations which deprive a person from good. We learn uh, from the above that knowledge is not possible in the presence of uh, a type of pride or uh, on the other side, a type of shyness. Uh, in uh, his course of uh, the course of his Sahih Bukhari lessons, the Sheikh Muslih al-Ummah used to say, in such a situation, even uh, shyness stems from pride. 
which is a very deep and subtle point. He says, even in such cases, even the shyness stems from pride and thus prevents a person from humbling themselves before the person who has the knowledge that they need. In a case like this, uh, shyness or modesty will not be a praiseworthy quality. Instead, it will be disparaged and we seek uh, 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 refuge from Allah Most High. Uh, so inshallah we will uh, end our reading over here this book has a really excellent section that it kind of takes a tangent from here with regards to the uh, uh, the 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 education and tarbiya uh sufic tarbiya of our sisters uh, how 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 it should be given uh, given adequate uh, attention and uh, uh you know maybe sometime we'll go through that uh, uh, but not today. But it's worth worth noting that Mu'ana Ashraf Ali Tanwi rahimullah ta'ala and his khulafa, uh, uh, they gave special uh, attention to the tarbiyah of women in a time when it wasn't being given in, in, uh, in the Indian subcontinent. There were individuals who, who definitely were exceptions to the rules, but by and large women were not being taught to read. Women were not being uh, taught uh, the ulum. And, uh, you know, part of the reason for that was because of the protection of modesty and hayat, which I think is important. And nowadays, I think there's an, because the pendulum, extremism is like a pendulum. If it goes too far one way, it will go necessarily really hard the other way. Uh, um, and uh, that's what's happening now, is that somehow like hayat itself is being attacked as some sort of like evil. And it's not like that. But there is a special, there's a special tradition that we have. Uh, in order to preserve the haya and the honor uh, and the spirituality of uh, the interaction between brothers and sisters, which is not an impediment to their acquiring knowledge. And it's not an impediment to their acquiring uh, 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 sufik tarbiyah, and it's not an impediment to uh, uh, them require, acquiring a high maqam in the deen which they, uh, which is also their haq, like it is for every brother. And he actually uses Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, explores a number of different facets of her her state and of her knowledge and of her instructions and commandments um, uh, in order to talk about that. And it's worth learning maybe some other time when it's more appropriate, when the majlis is more appropriate, inshallah, we'll read those those excerpts as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this uh, uh, 29th, last odd night of Ramadan, maybe even last night of Ramadan, uh, give uh, give the, the hukum and the decision of his fadl to come down on this ummah and to uh, 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 every good that it, it does to accept it and to increase it and to augment it and every evil that's uh, uh, that, that's harming it that he his hukum and his uh, his order comes down that it be lifted and uh, uh, every uh, uh, you know, every thing that he's unpleased with that he remove it and everything he's pleased with he increase it and that he write uh, that all of the people of la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah even people in a state like ours that all of us allah ta'ala uh, uh, writes down his command from his fadl and his karam and his ni'mah and his minna that uh, that he uh, that he accepts us and uh, gives us a good destiny and a good fate uh, and our families and our loved ones a good destiny and a good fate in this world and the hereafter wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in